podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Road End Podcast, where each week we will speak to a new guest, get to know them and talk all things Liverpool. Hi everyone, welcome to the Road End Podcast. I'm pleased to say today I'm joined by Ryan McLaughlin. Ryan's a professional footballer who many will recognise from his time at Liverpool. He's captain international level for the Northern Ireland on many occasions, and he's also a co-host on Brawl Boxing, who regularly interview people in the fighting game. First of all, how are you? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. I'm back in Belfast at the minute. Um, just basically waiting to see um, sort of what club, who I'm going to sign for, really, at the minute. So hopefully I'll have more news in the coming weeks like, of what's going to happen. So Is the, is the offers on the table? Yeah, there's there's offers on the table, um, and there's a few that are hopefully are going to be coming in. That's um, a few abroad as well. That's sort of I'm quite interested in in exploring. Like, so I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks, because their seasons are sometimes different than the regular like English season, like so yeah. dates and that. So that so for example, like America, they have I think that their season ends in the next coming weeks, um, and then they start up in January. And there's a few more leagues I got. So um, I'm going to look at them. I wouldn't mind playing abroad and they've always sort of wanted to at some point. Yeah. So um, I'm going to look at them options and then just sort of go from there and then make a decision. You're only 28, aren't you? Yeah, I've just turned 28. So I'd like to say, hopefully I'd have a few years, but you never know with football, don't you? With injuries mm. and that and um, what can happen. Like, But touch wood, like, I'd like hopefully to, to play in the mid-30s. Like, So yeah. just see what happens, really. I don't know how much you can mention it or talk about it, but what happened with the Morecambe? I noticed you terminated that. Is that just mutual? Yeah, well, I was wanting to so I was wanting to leave sort of during the summer. Um there was some things like obviously you can't speak about, but um yeah. basically, yeah. So it ended up bas- I want I needed to get out before the window ended, or I'd been there to January. Yeah. And uh, I ended up getting it obviously terminated and uh, on deadline day, which Makes me then it makes me able to explore other options. So, um, no, I'm just glad that was done. Like, obviously, I had a had a great time there at Morecambe, but it was sort of time for for me to move on. Like, I didn't really sort of want to be there. So, I'm glad I sort of got out. How's it being back in Belfast? So, what? It's this is probably the longest I've been home since it was probably 15, 16. Like, so, I mean, it no, it has been good. Obviously, it's sort of like anytime you leave the door, some people are like. So what's happening with you? Who are you going to next? Who are you going to next? <laughs> so every time, and it's like, um, you're just saying the same answer over and over again. So sometimes I can get draining, but um, I enjoy obviously being back uh with my family and that. Um, my missus lives here in Belfast at the minute too, so I'm around her a lot more. I'm around my mates and that too that obviously I grew up with, so that's good as well. But um, I'm sort of ready now to go back and sort of get back playing and that. So hopefully yeah. in a couple of weeks I'll have something sorted like. But yeah, no, it is enjoyable. How are you keeping the fitness going with not playing? It's, I mean, actually, like I said, you, I was down, I was down with a flu for about a week, about yeah. 10 days ago. And like, see, coming back from that, trying, I'd done one run after it and I was absolutely done in like, but I, I, had a, I had a very good fitness level before that too, because I was, I would be doing boxing training in the morning and then I would be doing my runs or training with somebody Joe at night. And like I felt a very, very good like fitness base. And then just see that week of just being wiped out with a flu, it just like just sapped that ring away from me. And then see trying to build I'm trying to build it up now in the past probably week. 
probably four or five days actually and um oh it's been hard it's been horrible like but i'm getting there um it is it can't it can't can be mentally draining training by yourself too you know like sometimes you can be slogging it around the pits by yourself and obviously like so you need to try and be in a sort of team format and um yeah. obviously that's difficult when you're a free agent because there's obviously insurance policies as well when you're training with teams and that um so you need to be careful in case you get injured but it's all right. I've been I've done it before. I've done it through lockdown. I think lockdown helped a lot of people sort of do training by yourself, sort of knowing mm-hmm. what you can do in that. And um, I'm sort of it's a weird one to say, but you can get used to it a bit sometimes. Now that um, I've done it probably three years in a row, because I didn't say from Morecambe until September. Um, so July or June, July, August, I was training by myself. Yeah, doing something quite similar, and obviously I left on deadline day, thirty first of August this year. So I've had all of September basically doing it. So I'm at that stage now where like, I'm sort of like, all right, I need to get, I need to sort of hopefully get something sorted now in the next week or two. So I'm hoping to have that. And then once I have that sorted, then I have something to aim for. Yeah. And is one of the aims to get back in Northern Ireland set up? Yeah, it's all, I mean, that's always an aim. Um, it's, a, it's something I've obviously enjoyed when I was um, throughout my career, like um, had some unbelievable memories and that, and some, some unbelievable even off the pitch. Just like you know, <laughs> celebrating and that because I was part of a squad that done really, really well getting to the Euros. Um, so yeah, no, obviously it's always a, a door we'd never have closed. Like, um, but yeah, it's just basically getting my bread and butter sorted now, which is your club football. Hopefully, having that sorted asap, and then I can sort of push on and have a plan in place then, sort of to go ahead and hopefully get back in the M squads and get playing again. But yeah, um. It is a weird one at the minute, but that's where it is in football. Fingers crossed. Yeah, definitely. So when you moved over to Liverpool at 16, how was that? Knowing that you was actually, you know, because I'd imagine at 16, you're thinking, where am I going or what am I doing? When that call come, how did that feel? So what? I remember I was just sat in my living room, um, eating my dinner. And the dad walked in from the kitchen. He was just like, he was on the phone and he was just like, I've just had Liverpool on the phone. Um, and I was like, so what? It sounds a bit mental, but that was the one club that I went, whoa, really? So what? Like I was like, because I had I was I had Man City and all in for me. I had like, I, I had a good I had a really a lot of Premier League clubs in for me, but like it was man, it was Liverpool that made me just think, whoa. I just remember that feeling, and I was like, no way. And he was like, yeah, yeah, they they want you to. But I, and like there wasn't like I was wanting to go on trial. I just like they'd been watching me for a couple of years and I didn't even know. And uh, they wanted me to sign for them. And I was like, "This is mental." Um, and then they were like, "Right, they're going on a they're going to a tournament in Spain, and would a fancy going over and playing in it with them?" And I was just like, "Yeah, obviously." <laughs> so um, I went over, done really well in the tournament. Um, and I was like, "Do you know what? This is like yeah, I really enjoyed here. Like I'm going, I want to sign for Liverpool instead." Um, it was between Liverpool and Man City, and then Liverpool wanted me to go over on my GCSE years. And I was quite, see for because I was always away from about 14 to 16, like near enough every weekend at different clubs in England. I was like quite homesick, and I loved home because mm. I was always away from it. I always want, and I remember thinking to myself, No, I'm not ready to go over yet. Like, it was only 15 at the time, I'm not ready to go over yet. They're like, well, Liverpool, this is what they do. Like, they get, the, they want you in on your under sixteen year before you go in the under eighteen, just to get you used to the, which is hundred percent like the right, like the right way. Like, 
sort of get you used to um youth like full time football type thing. Um, before you go in the youth team, I was like, no, I can't do it. I'm not ready for it. Like I wanna just I wanna be home and do my GCSEs first before I go for. So then I thought that was Liverpool off the table and I was signing for City. And then Liverpool were like, do you know what? We'll bring you over every weekend instead. After wow. school on a Friday, fly over and then go back after the game and then just come over every school holiday. So I was just like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. And uh, I ended up obviously then signing. Um, looking back, I was probably a bit naive in the sense I was just like really homesick and I should have probably just went over a year earlier because there was no problems. But I was just like, you know, when you're that young at 15, you're like mm. sort of, you get a wee bit like, oh, I'm leaving. I like, can go into England. Like, like, you get a bit scared, don't you? Um, and even when I went over at 16, I wasn't ready. I was just like, I, like the first I remember before I went over, I was like walking about that town with my brother. And I was just thinking, I was like, I've signed a three-year deal here. Um, I'll go over, give it a shot. But like, if it do, if after the three years I've got this amount of money I can come back and try and invest it, this is that was in my mind because I was so homesick for some reason, and I was just like I'll end up at home anyway, but I'll just go over, and uh, I'm not staying and I won't be staying here like I'm so homesick blah blah blah, and then I think it's because I had no more no pressure on me that I thought I was gonna just go home that I just thought I was playing really really well I ended up going up to the reserves within about a month, wow, and then. When I went up the reserves and was playing well there, and I was just like, you know what? I'm actually enjoy- I'm enjoying it all now. Like I actually love it. And I ended up loving being in Liverpool. I loved the city of Liverpool. I loved like my house parents that I was living with, like my housemate Chris Peterson, who was Swedish. I'm from West Belfast, so when we first met, we had nothing in common with thought, but we ended up being best mates. So like, it ended up just like working out really well, and I ended up loving it in Liverpool and. Uh, I still love the city now. Like that's why after I left Liverpool, I was just going to any team in the northwest, so I could still live there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's just it's mad the way it works. Um, from the first month of just being ridiculously homesick, to absolutely loving it. And I remember my, my brother and all saying to me because he obviously went over to Preston a couple of years before me. He was like, "You'll get used to it." And I was like, "I don't want to get used to this feeling." <laughs> I think I was homesick. So I mean, I didn't want it. I was just like. It's like anyway, I mean it's 16, you're a young, you're a young boy, like still going over. Like, but Liverpool were brilliant with me too. I remember Phil Roscoe, Clive Cook, they were brilliant and helped me settle in. All the lads were top, top as well. Um, and Liverpool's quite similar to Belfast when you give it a chance, when I actually like that it's just like nice, normal, down the earth people, just working yeah. class, like just really like home. And um that helped me a lot. And then that was sort of that's how I settled in, ended up that's how I was playing like sort of my best football because I felt at home then. Anyone that comes here knows that we're quite honest, we're direct and we work hard for what we actually get. So mm. I suppose if you got the same models from where you're from, then you will you will settle in eventually. It was a perfect mix. Like I always did enjoy it. Like I did enjoy it even though I was sort of homesick at the time. I was still enjoying it. But then once you sort of get over that homesickness, you can fully take it all in. And um, that's when I properly started enjoying it. And I ended up falling in love with the city. Probably most of the lads have either gone or moved on now. But when you was training and you had Henderson in training, for one minute, did you think he's going to win everything as a captain of Liverpool? Even Liverpool at the time, like even to win the Champions League as a club or the Premier League at the time, was probably not, not so much the Champions League because they're like famous in the Champions League doing really well. Obviously, um, won it five times before that, before obviously won in um, the sixth one in Madrid. But like 
even the Premier League, and that you see obviously Man United, you see in the city, the investment city we're getting on. I was just like thinking, obviously, it's very tough. Um, and obviously, Rogers came in, and he, I think he was came in my in my second year, and he was an unbelievable coach. Like, his training sessions were unbelievable from straight, straight away, and uh, I didn't expect it to like be that soon, you know, to be challenging for the league, yeah. Obviously, you touched on Henderson there, like, see, you hit with Henderson, like. I always thought there was like him and then there was like John Joe Shelby around the same age, both center midfield for Liverpool. And I thought John Joe Shelby is probably the closest thing I've seen to Gerard as a young player. When people say a young scourger coming up, be Steven Gerrard, he's going to be the next Gerrard. Like there was no one that had the passing ability, the, the aggression that Shelby had. People probably laugh at me saying this, but like I, prom- I swear to God, see the passing ability that he had, the, the, the talent he had, the aggression, like, it was like it was so good, and aggression's a big part of his game as well. But yeah. obviously, he ended up getting sent off a lot of time. But I remember thinking about Shelby at that time, thinking he is unbelievable. I thought he was going to be like the stalwart for Liverpool and centre midfield for years to come. Um, and obviously, he's still got, he's still doing really well. Obviously, in Newcastle. Um, but yeah, I didn't obviously with with Henderson, his 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 attitude was always amazing. He always had a brilliant attitude. He always really worked really hard. Um and obviously you wouldn't have thought he'd have went on and won what he's won, but that's like a lot of time in football you see players who maybe haven't got ridiculous amounts of ability, but they've went on and done unbelievable things in their career. Like even in like the youth teams, you always thought about players like technical, real technical players who were brilliant. Then you had the likes of Connor Cody, who don't get me wrong, was a brilliant player. There was players like probably even more talented than Connor would even Connor would probably admit it. But like he was just his attitude was just unbelievable. He was still a very good player. You have to have you have to obviously be a really good player to to come through in that. But like he had a few setbacks. Like he didn't go on that first tour. Um that when Rogers came in, when all the Academy lads went on it, like the ones that they were sort of the raided and then mm. sort of thought, yeah. So he didn't go on that and he didn't sulk about it, no problems, got on with it. Went out on loan to Sheffield United, done brilliant. And went to Huddersfield, done brilliant. And like same sort of knockbacks, so that professionalism that you need to do well. And that's what obviously what Henderson had because he obviously he was going to get sold to Fulham, wasn't he? At yeah. one point, and he didn't want to go. He was like, I'm going to prove myself. And I know he does get a lot of stick off Liverpool fans for, but see the work that he does off the ball, the work that he does, like the press and he does everything, like that makes everybody else be able to sort of express themselves and do obviously the likes of Trent where he can go forward and obviously the assists and that and how, how important he is for Liverpool and he does bring a lot of a lot of that to Liverpool in the sense of his work off the ball Henderson and um, I think he is unfairly criticised at times Yeah, do you think that's due to the fact that of who he replaced because obviously he's replacing probably one of the best players of ever at Liverpool yeah um, He's taking the armband, I think, even though his game's completely different. Yeah. He was always going to be compared in one way or another, wasn't he? Yeah. If you're captain of Liverpool, you're playing centre midfield, you're going to get, get compared to Gerrard. And that's just it. And for example, I know it's different, but Man United have had that problem after uh, Sir Alex Ferguson's left. Like yeah. every manager who comes in is going to get compared to him. And it's a big thing to have, big thing, a uh, big burden to carry on your shoulders. Obviously, with Liverpool now, that I think that sort of went the uh, that's went away now, but at the start it was a big thing, and that's why I said about Shelby was more like Gerard than yeah. Henderson. 
because of the way he played Henderson never played like Gerard never like was nowhere near like they didn't play remotely similar to each other and um people just think oh center midfield Liverpool um captain now he must play like Gerard you can you have to confirm the Gerard but it's a completely different role Gerard took the, the game by the scruff of the neck all the time when when things were down, he would be the one scoring goals. He'd be the one making assists, whatever. Jordan Henderson's a completely different type of player. And I do feel quite a bit sorry for him in that aspect because it's probably, it was really hard for him probably to sort of shake that tag yeah. um, of being compared to Gerard. And it's like the best player that's ever played for Liverpool and obviously our years. I'm mm. sure a lot of people say Kenny as well. Yeah, it's obviously it was very different. I feel like what he's overcome, I think, is even more gives me have even more respect for him because of that because of the abuse he had like I remember everyone used to laugh at him Stuart Downing Charlie Adams or that that sort of group of sayings yeah. and he stuck that out he came, came through it and he's ended up starting every at the end of the day if Jurgen Klopp's picking you as his captain playing in the Champions League finals playing in the big games you're obviously fatally important to the team and the way that they work he's came through all that Came through the other end, and now he's starting to get a bit more abuse again this season, isn't he? You obviously see it when Liverpool aren't doing well. They look at him, and it's difficult. Like when you see when you've got Thiago next to you, who's unbelievable, and you, the way he's playing, and you just think, and then people probably compare him to Thiago now, to him, compare him mm. to other players in the field, and you're just like, they're different players, and you have to see what different players bring to the team. You can't have three Thiagos in centre midfield, no matter like no matter what. Like you need to have someone that even does even I know Tago does do some of the dirty work, but Henderson is very important, I feel, for the likes of Trent and other people where he can sort of cover for them and um when they're going forward. Yeah, I, I have a lot of respect for Henderson. Like I do feel I feel like he's he's done it the hard way. He he does deserve all the sort of all the accolades that he's got now in the sense that like Champions League, Premier League, because he's he has done it the hard way with Liverpool. That's it, isn't it? At the end of his career, he can turn around and say he stuck it out and he won everything. So, shove that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Literally, <laughs> medals on the table, as Graham Sunez would say. <laughs> yeah. The being Liverpool program, I won't. I do only want to touch on it briefly. Um, I've spoke to you about it, the awkward moments of Sterling getting absolutely slated by Rodgers. How was that, and how did he come back from that? In terms of, did he hold that against against the club and Rodgers, or? Um. No. Like. See, at the time, I remember the day it happened, like, it was more like the young young players were playing against the old players in the games and that, in the possession. And that day, the young players were getting kicked left, right and centre. Like, I remember Agar flipping wiped me out that day. <laughs> and, uh, like, you go on, like, you obviously fall over and then you just get up, whatever. And then Sterling, obviously, he's a dribbler. He's always on the ball. He's always, obviously, invading challenges. So he was probably getting kicked more than anyone. And um, he was going down quite a bit throughout this. And then I think he got fouled. I was on the other side, you see, so I didn't actually hear the actual conversation. So I was playing right back. He was left wing in my team. So he got kicked, fell over, whatever. I remember Roger saying something like, you're going down too easy. Then that's obviously when Sterling obviously said steady. Mm. That Well, Roger says that anyway. And so I'd, we, I didn't hear it. So I thought, no, no, it. So we just brought us all in after training. Like I said, you, I didn't even know the cameras were like right on this meeting. I didn't even know he was mic'd up, which was weird. It was weird. <laughs> and um, he said, he was just talking. He was like, young players, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then he just turned around. Like, if you say steady one more time, you'll be on the first plane home. And I was like, who's he talking to? And then I looked over and it was obviously Raheem. 
I was like, what the fuck? And then obviously Raheem says, he said, he stepped on my toe. Obviously, obviously really different and steady, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, Jesus Christ. Um, and then I was like, do you know what? He's too, he's like too much of a star, even like as a young player now. I know he hadn't played, you know, he only made his debut at the end of the season before with Kenny. Um, I was like, he's too much of a star. Like, I said, just, it'll be fine. I'll blow over. I was blown over within a day, like no problems. Like, it was fine and I ate like I know obviously he ended up live, leaving Liverpool a wee bit like on sore terms and that with I don't know if it was with Rodgers or anything but um I, I wouldn't have made an impact on that that was that was forgotten about within a day or two when I seen him saying it I thought he'd said it under his breath while Rodgers was given that little brief but it was actually through the oh, session it, was no, it no it was actually during the session all oh, right okay um, and then I think that's obviously when he brought it up and he just went, and if you say stare to me one more time or again or whatever, you'll be on the first play. And I was like, Pff. then I was like, is that, I thought at the time, and I've said it again before, after, I think I actually said it, um, I think I said it during knockdown to someone. Um, I was like, I feel like Liverpool sort of half threw him under the bus for him because he's a young talent, right? World-class coming through. Probably a teenager when this when this came out. I think he was only seventeen when this came out. So like as a seventeen year old, if that happened to me, like my mum and dad back home would be absolutely devastated that a TV yeah. program was earnest to the world, making me out to be some sort of spoiled brat, just to get views. Right? As you say that, I think a lot of people, a lot of Liverpool fans especially, have took that as that's what sort of his mindset was because when he left. Everyone thought he had that stinking attitude. Now, whether that's come from that or whether that should come from something else, but it doesn't help, does it? Yeah, that's what I mean. And like, and I feel like the media like always abused him, didn't they? And I'm thinking, did that ever like play a part in that? That he had that tag from that one incident mm. when he was a kid. And see, to be honest, like I'm not just saying this because I played with him since he was like 16. I actually, first came up against him when I was like 14, 15 in the Victory Shield, but like. He didn't have. He was one of the. He was one. Had one of the best attitudes I've seen a young player with that amount of ability have, because seeing you've got that amount of ability, you feel like you don't have to work hard. You feel like you can, you can walk about with a bit of a um, strut about you, whatever. He was the complete opposite. Like, and he is tra- he trained like his life depended on it every day. That's why he's still playing at the level he is now. Yeah, like that's yeah. just that's no like no coincidence that he's still at that level now. Because of how good his attitude was, if his attitude was shit, he'd have drifted off after he left Liverpool and went to City. He ended up drifting off there, and then that would have been it done. But like his attitude, he's just—it's been unbelievable. Like, and I think it's going a wee bit away now. That I feel like he, a lot of people are defending him. Joe, when the articles came out, yeah, they were like, "I'm like, I'm not going to name the papers, like, but Joe, when they're abusing him, um." A lot of people are coming out to defend them now because they've actually seen and like look at his England career, look at he's done for England too. Like if you have a shit attitude, you're not having a career like that. No, no matter what anyone says. He had a similar attitude to like Sakana Cody, but with like the world class ability from a kid. Like, don't get me wrong, Connor Cody was brilliant as a mm. as a young player too. He played for England under 17s, 19s, whatever. But like Raheem is obviously just him, Suso, they, they were like another level above everybody. And Raheem just had that attitude. Of like a Connor Cody, where he was just so professional too, and that's why he sort of he stayed at the very top the whole time. Brawl boxing. What brought brawl boxing about, and 
how far do you and the lads want to take it? And I know one of yous is already um trying his, his luck elsewhere with the boxing interviews, oh, yeah. and he's too good for you now. So <laughs> <laughs> you know what? See, with with Col with, so that's Colin, obviously. So he's um he was just like sort of I think he was working in the was he working in the bank or something, I can't remember. Kieran's obviously an actor, so his bread and butter's acting, so that's obviously his main focus. Um, and this is just sort of a hobby on the side, and obviously mine's is football, and this is a hobby on the side. So we would just talk in the group chat all the time about boxing. Um, we loved it. We had friends, like had a, had a few friends in, in boxing as well, that like from back home, and like we were like, you know what, why don't we just start a podcast? We're always talking about it on the group chat, might as well just do a podcast. So we basically were like, look, we can get these guests on, they can get the ball rolling. So we got them on done well got like a got just getting bigger and bigger names on and then obviously Colm he's sort of he's wanting to be in boxing media for as his full-time job so he's ended up getting on the IFL TV which is the biggest YouTube boxing channel which is unbelievable for him Kieran's obviously his brain and butter's acting so he's he's, li- he's living in London so that's why we're doing it on Zoom because he lives in nice. London his brain and butter's acting obviously and then mine's his football so obviously when like my football career finishes I obviously like to go into media more and then start going into things like that but we it's just a hobby for us at the minute, and we want to just try and like build, keep building it. Obviously, ideally, we'd like to have a studio at some point, and obviously, you know yourself as well. Like Zoom's obviously a really good tool to have when, yeah. especially when people are in different countries, co-hosts in London. So that's what we're using at the minute. But um, we're hoping to like do things outside of podcasts as well, sort of like content where with boxers that you always see with footballers, but you never really see with boxers. I want to try and bring that to them. Um. And then just keep building it. And uh, after football, like media is a thing that I really enjoy, like interviews and doing things. I obviously had that show uh, thing with LFC TV last season, which I really yeah. enjoyed as well. So all that there is just sort of um, a bit of experience for when I do finally obviously finish football. Then I can go in because I have plenty of time to go into it. I'm only 28 now, so yeah. I'll, I'd rather have my football career first and then go into it after. For anyone who wants to listen or watch, what can they find it on? Oh, it's on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, obviously, Brawl Boxing. Um, interview. We've had like we've had really good guests on. Like it's we've ended up getting like Eddie Hearn on, Tyrone Woodley, um, Shakur Stevenson, Michael Conlon, all big, like big obviously well known boxers. Um so yeah, we're just trying to build that up, trying to keep going. Um we took a bit of couple of months break during the summer just one of her obviously calls who's done doing the acting he was away for like six weeks or whatever shooting a movie mm. it's a weird thing to have and that's what you're saying like yeah. he was away shooting a movie um so he obviously had that so we're like you know what we'll just take a break over the summer i'm obviously finishing my, my season i'll be going away here there and everywhere sort of over the summer break and we're like you know what we'll take a summer break and then we'll start up again so we've got carl frampton coming on next week again and then Hopefully we've got a few other um we have I think we've got a few other guests coming on potentially that's gonna be good um the next month. So yeah, just looking forward to it. Like I enjoy it. Podcasts yeah. or it's just a chat, you know what I mean? I enjoy it. So um as long as the guest can be as relaxed as possible, then that's when you get the best podcast, isn't it? Yeah, well, quite fortunate I haven't had any awkward ones yet. And I think that's just because <laughs> you, know what? you will get one or two and you just have to battle through it. They'll just give you like They'll give you like short answers. Like I'm not gonna obviously name names, but I've had, but like 
we've had a couple that are just like ridiculously short answers and you're just like flip me and then we'll have Polly Malinadzi on who speaks for flipping yeah. America so like you can literally like you'll, you'll ask him one question I remember the, F, the World Cup was on and we asked him about Italy mm. and he started breaking down the football game like it was so he was the boxing analyzing it and yeah. I was like for about 30 minutes from one person <laughs> I'm like oh my days this is mental you've got <laughs> to ride like, it out though haven't you yeah, yeah. So you get the other side of it too, but I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. Like I was yeah. like, so what? For a he's so passionate about everything he talks about, and I like that. So um, no, it is. It's enjoyable. Like I enjoy it. We asked our guests to choose their ultimate five-a-side team who they've seen live playing for Liverpool. Let's find out what they said. I finish every episode with a five-a-side team. So I'm going to take it from your five-a-side team that you've played with. Usually it's LFC players, but I'll let you go with your five-a-side team. Goalkeeper, whatever formation, go for it. Right. I'm going to go with Danny Warden goal as a goalkeeper. But he was brilliant for us um, when he's coming through. I'm going to go Johnny Evans at centre-back. I'm not even going to pick my brother. That's out of order, though. No. I'm tagging Connor. Yeah, <laughs> I go Johnny Evans at centre half. Do you know what though? I played with Suarez, and do you remember he was banned for baiting for about eight, eight or ten games, whatever it was, and he played a few reserve games. So I might actually have to throw him in at one point here. Yeah, <laughs> five a I'll go. Yeah, Johnny Evans. There's two. I'm gonna go Raheem Sterling and Suso as a midfield two. I'm gonna go up top, Suarez. <laughs> That's ridiculous, isn't it? After you like I've thrown him in. I Is mean it... Adam Morgan won't be happy, like so he was lethal, wasn't he? Yeah, he was class. Very good. Do you know what? And people don't see what actually happened with him in his football career in the sense of the things behind the scenes at the clubs that he went to after Liverpool that sort of took away his happiness of the game, which is people don't see that side of football like so I'm just glad he's happy now and he's doing really well in his coaching. Yeah, it seems to be flying with this coaching, doesn't it? Yeah, he's doing, you know, he's flying like he's, I mean, he's, I think he's living down in Essex, like, but like he's doing brilliant, like, and he's still playing away and bagging them as well, part time too, on the side of obviously doing his coaching. So, um, between Morgo, I mean, I can't really compare Morgo to Suarez, like, here, can I? <laughs> I just have to throw Suarez in. Yeah, I'm sorry, I had to, I have to, I have to pick Louis, <laughs> Louis as well. <laughs> Um, so yeah. Suso just a quick overview of Suso I remember him coming through and thought technically he was unbelievable like, mm-hmm. he was definitely going to make it at Liverpool for whatever reason he never he moved on but his career is still high level AC Milan and Sevilla now is that right Sevilla yeah, yeah. how was he on the pitch to play with do you know what he played on the right wing and I was right back so I was obviously right behind him and I was just like you just watch him and you just be like, this guy is a, is a shambles, how good he is. Like, just like coming in his left and he just, his passing ability, his shooting, his skill, just unbelievable. Like, and playing behind him was a was a pleasure, like, at times, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and he actually worked hard, too. Like, he didn't just, like, you know, completely leave you for dead, like, <laughs> defensively. Like, he worked hard. He had a bit of a strut about him, like, Suso. Like, you could tell he knew he was a player, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Raheem didn't have that, but like, see when you're that good, like he was like not making people for days, and then just like just like shouting at a Lego or something to us as soon as he not made it. Like, it was like, 
all the time. Like he was a nutmeg king and he was a complete freak ability. He had freak ability. And he's had a brilliant career as well. And he was always he always knew he was gonna have that career like that he's had just because he was just too talented not to. I understand you can see people that have talent and don't have it. So obviously like his attitude as well is very good. But like yeah, he was he just wanted to play football. Like he didn't want to stay at Liverpool because he just wanted to play and you have to respect that too. A lot of people can. I know I wanted to stay at Liverpool all the time because I just loved it there that much. But like sometimes for your own sake, you have to leave to play. And um, that was sort of what he done. You know, and obviously he went to AC Milan, like <laughs> another monster yeah. of a club. Crazy. Yeah, but he was a brilliant player. And for any Liverpool fan who thinks, fucking Johnny Evans, who would you play some from Liverpool if you had to? <laughs> oh, right, right. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Connor Cody. I'll say Conor Cody. Well, Carragher I played with in pre-season. No, I'll say Conor Cody because I've obviously played with Conor Cody a lot lot more games. I know that defeats the purpose when I said Suarez up top, but Suarez is the third best player of our generation. Yeah. <laughs> so you're always going to drop that name. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll have to throw him in. It'll be an insult. <laughs> right. Uh, let's call that a pause. Thanks very much. Pause. I've knew you for, I wouldn't say I know you. I've knew you for a while. In terms of chatting on Twitch, because I know you stream your games and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and you chatted to me in a time that was tough, so I just want to let you know I appreciate that. No, no problem. Um, and good luck with the next move, because I can tell that you're quite you're quite happy about the offers you've got, and the abroad one's definitely happening. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. So fingers crossed, and um, hopefully I catch up soon. Brilliant, mate. Thank you. Catch Pop you soon. See, see you soon, mate. Thanks to everyone for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to follow our social media, twitter.com slash the road end pod, and also our Instagram page, instagram.com forward slash the road end pod.